Howdy, this is the Young Gunners podcast from the Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and across the United States. In this special episode of Young Gunners, I'm your host, Taylor Wynn. I'm a third-year law student at Texas A&M University School of Law and currently serve as the law student liaison to the Texas Young Lawyers Association. I'm joined today by my classmates Derek McKee and Megan Cloud, who are going to speak with us a little bit about applying for jobs, um, OCIs and, and internship experiences, and then um, their application process for post-graduation employment. So good morning, guys. How are y'all? Good morning. Doing great. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm very good. Thanks for asking. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got into law school, why you decided to go to law school, and how you got here today? I guess I'll start. So um, my undergrad was at Texas A&M University, and at Texas A&M, I studied management. And so something that became really apparent to me during that course of study was there was a significant difference in what an employer can do and what an employee can do, and um, the rights that employees have that they're unaware of. And so I became really fascinated with the differential in the bargaining relationship between the two. And I decided that I really wanted to come to law school to help represent employees against employers whenever they're unfairly treated, whether they're terminated unfairly or illegally. And so I came into law school to represent those people. Uh, so I um, I have a really unconventional path to law school. I um, I graduated um, from college. I went to Barnard College um, and graduated in 2005. And then um, I worked for a little while in um, medical research um, in, in an academic uh, research facility. And after that, um, I took a large chunk of time off to raise a family. And then, you know, after my kids got a little bigger, I decided, um, you know, to think about what I might want to do um, in terms of working in, um, outside of the home. And one of the things that had always been um, interesting to me was um, law, and um, I thought I would enjoy you know, the research and the writing aspects um, and connecting with people. And so I thought that it might be a good, um, a good opportunity for me. So um, I took it one step at a time, studying for the LSAT and then applying to just see, um, see where it went, and it led to here. That's awesome. One thing you'll realize about Megan is not only is she a super law student, she's a super mom, great friend, and overall very, very impressive person. So talk to me about your 1L summer. Kind of how did you go about networking, uh, making, creating these opportunities for internships? How did you get to your, your 1L summer? So I think the first thing to realize is as a first-year law student, a lot of us have a little bit of anxiety about the job search process. Um, we think that we have to have it all figured out, that everything has to be laid out in the fall of our 1L year. Um, that's really not the case because really you start your job hunt after you have your first semester grades. And once you have those, you can really see what opportunities are available to you. If you're trying to go to a big firm, a lot of those grades are extremely important to those firms and they're kind of a siphoning criteria between the candidates that they're going to consider and the candidates that they're not. However, if you're looking for other types of employment, you know, grades are important, but they're not the most important thing. And so in terms of looking for a job, you really start, I would say, in late January, early February of your 2L year. Um, you get going in the semester, 
or your one L year. I'm sorry. Um, you get going into the semester, and then you start um, an OCI process. At least at Texas A&M School of Law, they have that in March. And so what that process looks like is that you have a list of employers that will sign up saying that they're planning to take a candidate from your school as long as there's a valid candidate that they want to take. Um, you go through the application process. You submit your resume, your cover letter, all of those required documents. And then at that point, those employers select which um, students that they want to interview. And then out of those students, you go through a few interviews. And if they choose you, then you can accept that position or decline. And so that's actually how I got one of my jobs. Um, I split my summer between Canty Hanger LLP in Fort Worth, Texas. It's a firm of roughly 75 lawyers or so. So it's a larger mid-sized firm, but it would not be a large firm by any standard. I did some general litigation there really to get some exposure into that process and see if I wanted to be a litigator or um, a corporate lawyer. And I decided I really liked litigation. And so the second half of the summer, I was actually at the first court of appeals in Houston, Texas, so that I could learn how the appeal process works in the state of Texas. Because in order to be a better litigator, I think you have to understand the appellate process and maybe to avoid the pitfalls of litigation itself. So um, one other thing to remember is that your summer can be split between two opportunities. And a lot of times that really does give you more exposure that 1L summer to figure out what you want to do and sometimes what you don't want to do. Um, so my opportunity um, for my, my 1L summer, I spent um, at a larger firm, and the, that played out um, in sort of an interesting way because the firm reached out to Texas A&M um, because an, um, a former student was working at the firm, and, and he had suggested that maybe reaching out to the school to see if there were candidates here that they might like to interview. So I believe the school reached out to a few people that met their criteria, and then those people sent in resumes. Um, a few were selected to interview, and ultimately um, I ended up working at that firm for my one all summer. Um, and it was a great experience. Um, I wasn't sure, again, being a mom, if I was going to be able to do the firm life. That was something that I, you know, had the you know personal bandwidth to do. But um, after spending my summer sort of seeing how the attorneys there functioned and um, what their day-to-day was like um, as best I could, um, I thought that this was something that I really wanted to, to look more into, and it was something that was sort of within the realm of possibility for me. That's awesome. And just to provide kind of a a different side of it, I knew coming into law school that I was interested in the military. Um, So I applied for uh, an internship with the Navy um, during our first year, and I believe I applied over Christmas break, I think. I honestly can't remember. It's been a little while. But um, I heard about that internship pretty early in the semester. So once I knew that I had that opportunity, I just kind of put everything else to the side. So I was able to take that Navy internship and gauge my interest in the military and really loved it. Um, so depending on what you're applying for and the OCIs that your school offers um, can really kind of guide you in the direction you'll go in your job search for that 1L summer. But once you get done with your 1L summer, you move on in the process and then you have to get ready for your 2L summer. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, how you got your 2L summer jobs and and what that looked like and, and maybe your thought processes in, in choosing places to apply. For me, it started immediately. Like it started before my, you know, work was over for my 1L job. But like getting your 2L summer is probably the most important thing 
that you'll do in law school in terms of like preparing yourself to really go out and work, I think. Agreed. Um, And so I spent a significant portion of the summer working on um, making sure my resume was in tip top shape, making sure that my writing sample was ready to go, that my cover letters um, were all in shape. And so what I did was I applied uh, through the Sunbelt diversity job fair. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really great opportunity um, for diverse um, law students that are looking to apply for really anything. I think there were um, some public interest, um, some public interest uh, people there, uh, lots of firms, um, and for us at A and M, that was great because there were some firms that weren't coming out to the school yet for OCI, right. and so it gave me the opportunity to get in front of some firms that wouldn't have ordinarily seen my resume or, you know, it might have been one of, you know, many, many in a stack of um, sort of a mass mail sort of thing. So I, so I, that's how I ended up getting um, my 2L summer job. Um, But what that entailed was first going through the screener interviews. So, you know, if you meet the criteria, then you might get invited for, you know, a 15 minute or so interview. And then after that, um, the firms will, if they want to, you know, talk with you more, you'll get an invitation for a callback. Um, and so that's sort of like the real, the real deal interview mm-hmm. where you go <laughs> and you talk to, you know, lots of different people. The interviews are longer. Um, you may end up having a meal with people um, to sort of get a feel for whether or not you're somebody that um, that they want to spend, you know, a significant Some portion time of time with. with. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think that what gets you in the door, you know, your grades obviously are super important. Um, you know, and I think that there's a threshold, you know, where, you know, you really need to be above a certain point to, to talk to certain people and, and it's different for every firm. Um, but once you're past that, then it really becomes more interpersonal and mm-hmm. in sort of how you're able to, to do that interview process and whether or not, um, you seem like somebody who would, who would, um, work well there, um, so then after that, you sort of just wait patiently <laughs> until someone, you know, calls to change your life. Right. Um, but then, but then um, so, so I did that, um, and that process overlapped with the school's OCI, which I also did. I also mass mailed, which is another mm-hmm. option. And I think everyone, um, you know, unless you're just an all-star that has, you know, tons of offers already in hand, I think that it makes a lot of sense to go ahead and start mass mailing firms in the summer with your resume and a cover letter because mm-hmm. you just you never know what's going to happen and True. I think that um, you know and I I did get I did get some interviews from mass mailing so mm-hmm. you know it, it works and if you miss a cutoff with a firm you know maybe for OCI that you know maybe you send a maybe you send a resume and and they like something in it and you fill something that they want filled at their firm and um, that you wouldn't otherwise they wouldn't otherwise have known because right. so that's sort of that was my process Cool. And one note on what she just said, um, the mass mailing, uh, what I found to be much more effective is actually sending a physical copy of your cover letter and your resume to the hiring partner, whoever that is, um, versus an email because lawyers get more emails than anybody I can possibly imagine because they're copied on emails that they're not even directly working on. And so if you're sending an email saying, hi, I'm a random 2L student at this random university. Yes, I have a great resume. They're going to click through it because they're busy um, a lot of the time. So I think sometimes putting that physical copy in front of them can really um, tilt the odds in your favor. You're, you're on their desk, not yeah, in a absolutely. spam folder. Right. 
Um, and so Megan went a more traditional route, and I did go through the OCI process like Megan. So a lot of my summer was spent bettering my resume, making sure I was conveying my experience in a meaningful way. Um, most of my time actually was spent individually creating custom cover letters, which I think is another thing that students really need to think about. It's not the best practice, in my opinion, to have one cover letter that you send to all the employers that are generic where you could literally just copy and paste a person's name into it and um, the firm name because they're going to read over that and see that instantaneously. If you don't have a reason that you're applying to that particular firm or you don't have a practice area that they specialize in, they're just going to look at you just like the other 500 applications on your desk. I think that cover letter can actually make a huge difference in getting their attention at least for an initial interview. Then like what Megan said, once you have that initial interview, it's really time to let your personality shine (laughs) and make sure that they think you're a person they want to be around. Um, Because I think that's the biggest thing that they're considering is really you're going to be spending a significant amount of time with these people, a lot of times more than you're going to spend with your own family. So um, you want to like them. But my process was a little bit different. I did go through the OCI process, and I did interview with multiple firms and a few government agencies But what I decided um, through that process was really that my 2L summer was going to be non-traditional in the sense that I wanted to get more experience and exposure to different types of organizations versus trying to get that deadlocked 2L summer job that's going to lead to a full-time offer. Now, part of that reason was because I became vehemently um, set on and um, becoming a plaintiff's lawyer. And so that's a little bit of a different process in the sense that working at a big firm, generally they're going to be doing defense work. And so you want to get the most broad stroke experience that you can so that you can bring something to the plaintiff's firm and show, look, I may be a student and I may not have the expertise that you do, but I do have a little bit of experience um, in the court. I have some experience in a government agency and I have law firm experience so that you can really talk meaningfully about each one of those experiences, what you learned there, and maybe how that process works. Nothing is more important as a plaintiff's representative, whether you're in personal injury or employment or any other type of law, than really knowing how the system works. And if you know how to use that system for your client's advantage, I think you'll be a better lawyer, you'll have better prospects, and then you'll have clients in the future that will continue to bring you business. Um, And so my summer was split again, so I took two more internships. And uh, my first internship was at the Department of Labor Office of the Solicitor. So this internship was particularly appealing to me because I wanted federal experience that I had not had yet, and it's intensive litigation. If you're a trial attorney for the federal government in any agency, you get more trial experience than anywhere else you can be unless you're in criminal law or family law. And so... From day one, you're working on cases, you're getting to attend depositions, you're getting to go to hearings, you're getting to really work on motions with the attorneys, and they supervise you and really give you constructive feedback. So I thought it would be really helpful for a future career in litigation to work there. Now, the second half of my summer might have been a little bit of a faux pas, but not necessarily. Um, I thought it would be really important to work in-house for a corporation if I want to represent people against corporations that are doing things incorrectly or illegally on purpose, I thought it would be really important to see how in-house lawyers process their business. What does that look like? Do they outsource their litigation? Are they in court very often? What what does their day look like? Um, and what things are they looking for um, to protect their company, whatever that is? So I actually worked at American Airlines the second half of the summer. 
And I got some awesome travel benefits, so I would highly recommend <laughs> applying <laughs> for that internship program. They take 1Ls and 2Ls, but, um, you know, I learned more in those two internships than I had in a lot of my first and second year classes in terms of what the practice of law actually looks like. And I think ultimately that'll make me more marketable for post-grad employment. Excellent. Um, so when you're preparing for these OCIs and you're getting ready for interviews, how do you um, how do you prepare for that? Do you research where you're going to, to work? How do you get ready for your interviews, um, whether that's on campus with a firm or, or wherever that might be? I mean, so for me, I I did, I got, you know, I got creepy and I looked up the people who I was going to be interviewing with. I think it's really important to have an idea of who you're speaking with. Um, You know, obviously, you know, don't need to do a deep dive into someone's life, but um, I think you need to know what they're, you know, what do they practice? Um, What, what's the firm's bread and butter? What sort of clients do they, do they have? Because you need, you need to know that to be able to speak meaningfully about what, um, whether or not you want to work there, um, how you would fit into that, um, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, I think that those are really important things, um, really important things to look into ahead of time. Um, and I think so then on your part in terms of preparation, I think it's important to do um, to do mock interviews with somebody maybe you're not completely comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, a professor, maybe um, – Definitely someone in career services or even, you know, even someone who is sort of outside of law school, you know, if you have a family member who, you know, has someone that, that is in business or something that interviews people that could do that for you right. and give you feedback. Because, again, what you want is to be able to give sort of a natural response and not um, and be able to answer some of the hard questions that they're going to they're going to throw at you that maybe you don't have a natural answer for. Um just to be ready to to expect those things and know ahead of time sort of how you're going to respond to be them. Be on your toes, yeah. right. And I think one other thing um, to really think about is that you don't want to have canned responses for your interviews. Really think about who you want to be as a lawyer and how you want to convey that. I think being personable is the number one interview skill that you need. And so a lot of those canned speeches of exactly how you're going to answer every question can often come across as um, closed off instead of open. You want to be personable. You want to be able to laugh and shift the conversation. Megan's particularly good at this in person. So um, (laughs) she did really well in her interviews, obviously. Um, But more than anything, I think it's really important going into interviews, knowing what you're looking for. And it doesn't have to be a specific job opportunity, but it could be certain things you're looking for in the people that are hiring. Do you want them to be um, super gregarious and the fun type of people that you want to hang out with? Are you uh, more of a person that's looking for very intense attorneys that are going to be hard on you and and push you to be the best attorney possible? And really think about what you want long term um, and maybe even short term what type of job do you want and try to align your interviewing tactics with what your long term goal is um, so you don't want to be at a place that you don't fit in just as much as the people interviewing you don't want to hire you if you're not a good fit and so pretending to be something that you're not is not going to be advantageous in the long run it might get you a job in the short term but it's not going to be something that you're probably going to be doing 5, 10, 15 years from now and so I think it's important to keep that in mind when you're interviewing. And you, you, you talking about that kind of reminded me, our 1L year, they made us read this book called The Roadmap. Correct. And, it, it, you know, <laughs> and 
at the time, I think we th- we thought it was somewhat silly, but it's it's kind of been a recurring theme in my life. I feel like just I, I underestimated how important it is to have this idea of where you want to go, and let that be where you want to go. But make sure that everything you do in between now and then keeps you on that path to getting there, and and kind of guiding your internship experiences to get that experience and become as well-rounded in a specific area as possible and to have these goals and to know that you need to go to this conference or this hiring event and go and do that. So I think it's very important to have an idea of where you're going and know that that can change, but always be taking steps forward and putting yourself in a better situation to get where you want to go. Yeah, and one caveat with that um, that I do want to make sure, you don't have to know exactly what you want to do. I don't want to make that impression. And I think often being open to different opportunities, you find something you're really passionate about. So don't be worried about turning right when you thought you were going to turn left. Just know that what your ultimate goal is and then figure out a way to get on another road to that same destination. Because ultimately... The path to success is not straight. I'm sure everybody's heard that before. You're going to take a lot of veering paths, and you're going to have some times during law school that you think that you're not going to get where you want to be. But ultimately, if you have it in mind, I think you will get there. Absolutely. All right, so just to finish up, we're all right in the middle of our 3L year, and we're starting to look for jobs after uh, law school. So talk to me about what you have planned for after law school, how you're going to go about applying for jobs, reaching out, you know, kind of what that looks like for you um, moving forward. Right. So um, sort of going with my theme of a very uh, traditional OCI process, generally when you have a, a big firm, what ends up happening is you do your 2L summer there. And um, at the end of at the end of that summer, um, I would say the great majority of people will get an offer to come back um, uh, as, a, as an attorney after um, they graduate. And so, um, and that's what happened in, in my case. So I ended up accepting at um, a large you know, international firm and they, um, and they extended an offer for post-grad um, employment. So I'll be there. I'm going to, to Wow Gottschall. Um, their Dallas office, and I'll be doing uh, commercial litigation there. Congratulations. Thank That's you. awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, it's really nice. Megan has her job all set up, and here I am <laughs> scrambling. <laughs> no. Um, so my process is a little different. Like I said, I'm, I'm going more of a plaintiff's route, and so firms in that type of area are not as big generally, and they are normally very niche. So, for example, if you're an employment plaintiff's lawyer, you very well may be the center for wage and hour plaintiffs only. Like you're not going to take on employment discrimination plaintiffs and things of that nature. And so they actually don't typically hire first-year lawyers. So a lot of what people do in terms of trying to get plaintiff experience is they try to do an honors program with the federal government or the state government. And so what an honors program looks like, it's almost like a clerkship, like a judicial clerkship, but you're actually working for the government. And so generally they range from one to two years, and that process is almost like what I would call boot camp. What they do is they get you in a practice area, and they really make you an expert in that area. You're litigating from day one. You have four or five mentors. You're traveling the country, going to different regions, depending on that agency structure. So, for example, the Department of Labor has one in the office of the solicitor that is a really great experience for people who want to be trial lawyers and or someone who wants to go in employment litigation in the future. And I will tell you one thing after another. I have heard so many employers, both private practice and 
working in the public sphere, plaintiff side and defense side, that say honors programs are incredible because they're doing the front loading (laughs) of teaching you how to be a good lawyer, and then the firm gets to utilize that and get you in a specific niche area. They love that. They would love to hire laterals, whereas if you go to a firm, sometimes it's harder to get in as a lateral than as it is as an associate until you're later in your career. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something to consider, and the pay and benefits are not bad at all. I don't know why people think that government lawyers don't make good money, but their benefits are incredible. So um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Well, uh, I hope that our listeners have been impressed, as impressed with y'all as I am. I, I think it's hard to find two finder representatives of, of the law school and, and two finder people for prospective law students and, and one else to listen to. So thank you all very much for taking your time uh, to do this uh, episode with me. Um, I've enjoyed having you. Um, also, thank you to all of those of you who listened to this episode. Um, if you like this show and you want to check out other episodes, they're available at our website, tyla.org, um, and wherever else you can get your podcasts. Um, if you have a topic that you want to hear about, email us at tyla at texasbar.com or send us a tweet at texyounglawyers using the hashtag younggunners. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope to see you back here for another episode. Thanks. Thanks.